1: Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to She Knows Sports with myself, Brittany Jones, alongside Princess Cooper right here on Never head of So Good Sports
0: Radio. Hey, Princess, how are you today? Hey, hey, Brittany, I'm doing well. I missed you last week. I'm so excited to be back on. I had a lot going on. You had a lot going on. So it's a good week when we can get this show in here for sure.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. There has been so much going on. During the time that we was out, my goodness, sports is going rampant (laughs) at this point in time. And the weather is getting nice, so I'm excited about that East Coast weather, Northeast, I should say. It's starting to warm up. (laughs) I hope I didn't see too soon because y'all get that last-minute snowstorm in March for some reason. But I'm enjoying it. Oh, yeah. So life is good right now until it gets cold. Princess, you ready to talk some sports? Let's do it. Let's do it, guys. You know what we have to start with. Not quite the Super Bowl yet, but we're gonna get there because we know that is a big thing so it's, uh mm-hmm. this week. Um, we gotta talk about what happened today because today was the NBA trade trade deadline. Today, I believe at three fifty nine p.m., four p.m., whatever you may want to, whatever time you want to call. But there are mm-hmm. two <laughs> There wasn't actually too much going on today, Princess. It, it wasn't too many major big trades, but we did have a couple. Um, and one of those <laughs> trades were my Philadelphia 76ers traded for Buddy Yield. They ended up trading away Cork Korkmaz and Marcus Morris, Jr., I'm sorry, Senior, first-round picks to the Indiana Pacers for Buddy
0: Yield. What were your thoughts on this trade? Well, I thought it made sense, um, and after looking at it, you know, uh, the um, <clears throat> they needed some some um, some three point shooters, and you know, they're ranked 27th right now in three point shooting, and so and that's what the guard from the Pacers brings. He brings some 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 of that shots and some of that percentage, and that's what they need. So, um, a good trade for sure. I thought I saw uh, coming across the stream, Brittany that. Patrick Beverly um has been traded too to the Milwaukee Bucks. So some movement going on, but I like the heel trade um for the Pacers coming um and, and that's what the seventy sixers needed.
1: Yeah, I can't disagree with you. They absolutely needed that uh uh that high volume shooter and Buddy Heel. I mean last year I think he was at second in the NBA and making the most three pointers, um and he averages over seven threes a game. The only other player that did that this year was Tyrese Maxey, so you needed more of that. Now, yeah. the interesting part is he is on an expiring deal, so this this is basically a one-year rental. I don't know if they're going to look to try to extend him or give him a new contract and free agency, but I do think he helps in the short term. Unfortunately, Embiid is out. It does sound like this, by making a trade like this, though, that they are expecting, or they have hope that Joel and B will eventually return, and the rest of those guys that are out, mind you, for the longest time they had about four of their five starters out. You can't win games like that. I think two now return, and Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey. So there are three starters mm-hmm. that are still left to be out, or not I should say two, since Buddy Yield will will end up most likely being in that starting lineup. Um, so hopefully they can maintain somewhat until Joel and B returns. And now we're talking again. Now you're saying, wow, you're going to be able to see the bit of a buddy guilt and so forth. But, Princess, I'm not going to lie to you. That Patrick Beverly one hurt me. It, it really hurt <laughs> me. Because um, Patrick Beverly is such a silly guy in his mentality, that toughness, that I'm going to tell you um, how it is, but I'm going to be a, a good leader to you as well. I'm going to be tough on you. I want us to win. He has that silly type of mentality, plays hard goes out there hard, yeah, he could talk some smack to you. Um, but he's going to do it in, in, in a somewhat respectful way. I'm going to say somewhat. <laughs> and Philadelphia <laughs> just gravitated towards that and loved that. And for them to trade Patrick Dudley to the Bucks for all teams, um, yeah. which is kind of weird because they're contending and they're ahead of us in the standings, that that one hurt a little bit. So we do wish he was still here for sure. Yeah,
0: you know, um Patrick Beverly has always been that player that doesn't mind getting up under your skin and will play some defense and just has some dog in him for sure. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I I would have been a little bit upset by that, but I think that's exactly what Doc Rivers was looking um, for on defense because they definitely have an offensive team, and maybe that will help them in Milwaukee. Again, I I agree with you, though. As a 76er, I don't know if I would have traded him to the competition like that um, when when they're right above you. So I agree with you. Right. So
1: since we're here already, and I know we still have to talk about the Knicks and what they did in the NBA trade, um, as well as if your Lakers did anything, I haven't heard anything, so I'm assuming not, but we'll get to it later. (laughs) But since we're already talking about the Sixers, we know Joel indeed went out. He needed knee surgery, which he did just receive. Um, Again, I did just state that the Sixers are hopeful that he will return. He's going to be evaluated within the next probably three weeks now. Um, Should, because it's like the Sixers, they didn't quite go all in. So they didn't really take a huge risk on one of these big-time players and trading away all their deaths and so forth. Do you think the Sixers' Sixers, Joe Embiid should shut it down for the season or do everything he can to come back and compete um, for a championship or try to get stay in playoffs?
0: Yeah, as a former athlete, I don't don't ever want to say, okay, you know, we're we're, we're just going to shut it down. Um, I, I hope that doesn't happen. So no, I don't think so. Um, but you could tell he was laboring. Um mm-hmm. that last game he played. Um and, and laboring period probably in the past two or three weeks. So, um I'm I'm glad he's having surgery. Let's go ahead and address the problem and then see where we are with getting back, you know, um, for this season. Maybe he's back for a playoff run, maybe he's back down the stretch. So Um, I'm interested in that. But, no, I I would never suggest to a player or a team, okay, let's shut it down. Unless, you know, of course it's a season-ending injury, then we don't even really have to have the conversation. But if there's an opportunity for him to come back, I'd like to see that, and that's what I would have on the table for him.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny because at first I was like, maybe it's just you just want to shut it down because now we're looking at his career in in totality. You know, we don't want to risk the rest of his his career. He is 29 years old now. Um, As a big man, you're starting to become on the back end of your prime. So he's getting right right out of his prime. But he's still playing so well, and his game has even gotten better even this year, which is actually rare in a lot of cases. Um, But I think I agree with you. It seems like they are very hopeful he can come back. I believe Joel Embiid wants to come back. I do think with him in a lineup and with everyone else healthy, the Anthony Melton, Nick Petun, and Robert Covington, now you add Buddy Yield and you have your guard that you needed to pair up with uh, Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. This might be the, the year that they really have a chance to compete. Yes, you got some juggernauts you have to get through, and I'm going to say the Boston Celtics primarily because they are the ones who always give the Sixers a – the biggest fit, um, but when these starting five players were playing together, they were one of the best starting five uh, players in the league. It's only been a hair, handful of games, so I'm in agreement. Get the problem fixed, evaluate them mm-hmm. within the next three weeks. Hopefully he can ramp up his uh, conditioning, he's able to come back, and hopefully the Sixers can maintain and <laughs> That means staying at five to six feet. By the time yeah. he comes back and go to the playoffs, and then see what you're what you're able to do. And the good thing about these trades, they were still able to maintain their flexibility for free agency or future trade for other stars. So, I agree with you on that one. I think he shouldn't shut it down, and he should do everything to start to get healthy and try to come back. Um, now. We got to talk about these Knicks, boy, boy. These New York knicker knickerbockers, I should say. Um, <laughs> um, they actually traded for Bojan Bogdanovic. If I said that right, um, and actually, he was on the the Pistons, I believe, right? Yeah, I think he was on the yeah. Pistons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter what they gave up. They didn't give up a crazy amount. I think they gave up like uh, maybe. Grimes or whoever it is, it may have been, but the point is they got both Bojan Bondanovich.
0: Boy, what do,
1: what do you think of this addition?
0: I don't think anything because I I don't know much about Bondanovich. I've probably seen him play just a, um, a few times. You know what? I can't even. I didn't even try to maybe go and, and look at some of his measurables and his stats. Um, maybe they needed some. Some some um, some some big man uh, to kind of handle what Ju- Julius Randle has left there, but um, I'm surprised at the success of the Knicks, and maybe I shouldn't, but um, I-, I think they're trying to keep the status quo and to keep this run going. Um, so um, I-, I am I'm excited about that that the Knicks are relevant again. But I can tell you, I didn't look at this this trade and just like you just did his name Bojan Bogdanovic uh, I'm going to mess it up even further I see Kevin here <laughs> in Boston us um, you know um, okay so let me see what you got um, and, and we'll go from there but it came from the Pistons for sure along with I think um, some Alec Burks so let's see but I don't have any other impact information besides that one I'm going I'm to defer to you
1: yeah, I'm the honest. I think this is actually a very good pickup for the Knicks. My goodness. And I don't need them to get better. I need them to get worse. They are our rivals regardless. Um, I know Julius Randle is hurt right now. But yeah. Karen, putting him with a Jalen Brunson and um, I can't think of the other young man they just traded. Oh, OG and a that they got a little bit early on. This is incredible. It's like you're getting the pieces that you need and they're going to all gel together. They all play their role. They all play a different role that's going to contribute well um, to the team. You know, Bo- Bojan Bogdanovic is an incredible shooter. He's an incredible shooter. He is older. I think he's about 34, 35 years old. He may be a little bit okay. of a liability on the defensive side of the ball, but with his shooting ability, who cares, <laughs> um, to be honest.
0: <laughs> I don't think
1: anybody cares, but with him and the – high shooting of Jalen Brunson and how he attacks defenses. And then you have OG Innobley who cleans up a lot of things. And he doesn't need a, a play to be ran for, for him. And then he plays very well in defense. But OG, I just, just got announced, OG is out at least three weeks with surgery to remove mm-hmm. the loose bone fragment. Wow. Oh, yeah, um, that, on his that, elbow. Yeah. That, yeah. that is yeah. definitely going to hurt. They're missing Julius Randle. Um, I hope they get healthy, and I also hope they lose a lot so the Eagles – I'm sorry, so the Sixers can maintain. (laughs) I'm not going to – I'm going to be honest. But regardless, (laughs) when they get healthy, this is going to be a thing to watch out for. They're still going to have to build chemistry um, and see how they do in the playoffs because the playoffs are more of a half-court game. But I do think they are building towards that. And I'm starting to like this team. I don't like them because they're a rival, but I have a lot of respect for
0: them. Well, you know, I was going to say that, and I think Kevin just inboxed something, is that the moves um, and how they are willing to get some more pieces, let you know that they are serious um, about this and that they are on the cusp of something. The Knicks mm-hmm. look good, and and they're trying to capitalize on, off of that and find some pieces that will get them where they want to be, and that is to be, um, you know, in the playoffs and and, and and go deep into the playoffs. You know, that should be the goal right now for sure. So I give them credit for that because there was a minute there where you thought, okay, what is, what's up with the front office of the Knicks? You can't say that anymore. And they proved that last year in going to get Brunson. Um, I, I think he's worth every penny um, right now.
1: Absolutely. And, again, I hope they don't win very much, but I have a feeling they're going to be very – They're, they're like, K, like K-Walk said in in our messaging just now, they're doing scary things, which if you're not careful, yeah. if you're the Celtics <laughs> or the Bucks or whoever else is in that top six seed range. Um, you you have to watch out for the Knicks now, like we literally do. So now, Princess, yeah. I want to talk about your team. They didn't do much. <laughs> they didn't do anything. No. So a lot of all the same players are still there. How do you feel? Because you're the Lakers fan. How do you feel? About the Lakers not making any moves right now to compete in the playoffs.
0: I'm a huge Lakers fan, and I go back a long time being a Lakers fan. And if that's not enough, I'm a King James fan, and he is the goat. I did all of that for 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 Kevin. So now, um, I don't I don't know what we. I wish that we had made a splash with Kyrie Irving. So that was really it. I don't. They. I think they need a third. player that has that type of um, moxie. I don't know if D'Angelo Russell is it. Um, I don't think there is a whole lot of power coming off the bench. Um, I think they addressed, it, addressed some of it. But um, I, I don't want – I don't know if Austin Reed's that third score is enough. Is D'Angelo Russell that third guy now that he's not on the bench anymore and he's in the starting rotation. Uh But I was hoping that they would do something. Um, But they they haven't. And I don't think that a healthy LeBron James and a healthy Anthony Davis, while we are talking about that, is enough to get us to the the conference um, finals or maybe even to the finals themselves. I don't think that's enough. And in the West, you know, the Clippers are not playing. Um, You know, there's still Denver. uh, and, And there's a lot to contend with. And they're not doing anything. And LeBron James put on a post, I don't know, on his Twitter feed, you know, um, an hourglass where the time is winding down. There, there's a message there, and I think he's trying to pressure behind the scenes. But I don't think they just need to to please LeBron. They need to please the fans and the team and the front office and make a move. I don't know what that is except for I'd like a third Player, I don't want it just to be a two-headed monster, but a three-headed monster, and I don't think that the Lakers have that. Yeah, I agree
1: with you. Um, I, uh, this is going to be interesting all season. It's the question is what is their goal? Do they just want to be a playoff yeah. team? Are they looking to compete? Exactly. Because now you got, like you said, there's a juggernaut in the Western Conference. You know, um, the Clippers are looking good. Granted, it's the regular season. We got to see if Harden's going to play hard and. Then, <laughs> In the playoffs, which he might, because now he has Kawhi Leonard and other people to really lean on. Um, and then you still have the Nuggets are there. See how they are. You still have um, Timberwolves are rising. They kind of falling off a little bit right now. For um, the Lakers not to make any trades that could that could really help to help to elevate them and to really compete for that championship is going to be interesting. I don't know how many. How long Lakers fans in particular is going to be okay with this? You know they're used to they're yeah. competing every year for the championship. They have high high standards um, in Tinseltown. Town, um, <laughs> in Tinseltown. So it's it's going to be very interesting. Um, and is LeBron okay? I don't say LeBron's going anywhere, but he's on the tail end of his career. I'm pretty sure he wants to win at least one more time before he retires and calls it quits. So, in AD, he has to step it up. Some games he looks good. Some games he just doesn't show up. I need more consistency from him, and he's just not giving it to us. Um, and then shooting, that's what they needed most. They needed that shooting on a perimeter, and they just don't have it. D'Angelo Russell is not reliable whatsoever. Um, he came in with some talent. I, was, I guess it's a confidence thing. He's supposed to be a pure shooter. He is a pure nothing. I don't know what's wrong with him. But they have to do something to try to figure this out.
0: Well, I want to say this. As far as Anthony Davis is concerned, leave him alone. He's not in street clothes. I think he's only only been on the bench two or three times. He's not hurt. <laughs> so I'm going to give him a pass. Thank you, Anthony Davis, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just happy we're not talking about injuries with him. There are two players that I've been disappointed in with that, and that is Zion Williamson, and that is not a story this year. He's out there being a monster in most games. Now, I do agree with you that he is on fire certain games, Anthony Davis, and then on some games he's not consistent. But I'm going mm-hmm. to hate that because he's in uniform and playing. And for the most part, part Playing at a high level, I'll take some of the low level. So long as he's not in street clothes, I'm giving him a pass, Brittany. Leave, leave him ad alone. <laughs> you
1: know what, Princess? I'll give him a pass because you said you won't give him a pass. But <laughs> if he won't step it up, you're right. And though. Take over like LeBron should requ- yeah. ask for him to take over. That's where my problem comes in. You're supposed to be a young stud uh future superstar, and to me, he's just not on that superstar status that he should be on. He has the ability, but he does not have the, to me, the mental makeup for a superstar, and that's not okay. So, um, so to me, he's always with be in that second tier of stars. I think maybe third, if he keeps acting this way. So we'll see. But yes, uh, K. Okay, Walk, well, I see it in OKC. That yes. They are up here as well. <laughs> that is a young, talented team, um, and I like them. I don't know how they're going to perform in the playoffs. Actually, they didn't do too bad last year, right? No, did they make it to the playoffs last year? It was the Kings. Um, but w- w- we'll see um, how they do uh, in the playoffs. Different different games. All right, Princess, yeah. let's go on to the weird. And, you know, now we got to go into the NFL. I love basketball. Yeah, let's go to the NFL. love. But sometimes the NFL could be more interesting at times and just has so much drama to it. It's like I'm watching the Housewives for sports. Um, um, <laughs> Dan Quinn, the former your former Cowboys D.C. defensive coordinator, has officially been hired as the commander's head coach. What are your thoughts on Dan Quinn going to Washington?
0: Um, my thoughts are is that I kind of felt it was coming. Um, you know, he said he wanted one more year in Dallas, and he got that one more year. So I thought he would be in the search um, for sure as far as, you know, putting his name out there as wanting to interview for upcoming head coaching jobs. Now, is this going to be have an impact on Dallas? I just don't see how you ever lose a coordinator, whether it's offense or defense, if it's not an adjustment, and if you don't see some of the residual effects of that the next year. I thought the Eagles saw it this year. I thought the 49ers saw it just a little bit, too, going from Ryan to Steve Wilkes, um, you know. And I think that the, the Cowboys are going to see it, too. Now, what does that mean? Um, I don't know. I, I really don't like the coaching staff of, of the Dallas Cowboys. But I don't think it's all of Dan Quinn's fault when Michael Parsons I thought took some games off. Um and I, you know, then Trey Diggs was hurt after week one week two or three. But I thought for the most part, um, the Cowboys defense didn't meet the moment of the year. Um, and they did what they do best and that is choke in the um in the playoffs when it all seemed to be lined up. You just could not have told me that a second-year quarterback um, could come into AT&T Stadium with the Cowboys on the roll that they were with 12 wins during the season, and and we're in the second quarter and it's 27 nothing. So that's a whole other um, um, therapy session for me. But Quinn is going to hurt. I think it's even worse that he's going to the commanders. So not only do um, the Cowboys have to find a D.C., Then they also have to revamp how they call games and how on offense and defense, because, you know, Quinn was in there. And he will take some of that with him. But more than anything, he has in his head and probably some material on how they run things and how they do things and the talent and the abilities of certain players on offense. So we'll see. I think it, it can't do anything but hurt. Hopefully they can have some type of transition, um, and get a, um, a DC. I do not want it to be Rex Ryan, um, you know, so – but let's see. But it's got to hurt. It's got to hurt. And it's got to hurt that he went within the division as a head coach. Uh,
1: Princess, I'm just happy that you're a Cowboys fan that finally said um, they do what they always do, and that's lose in that first after, that first round.
0: You didn't have to repeat, repeat it. I was already <laughs> – shaking and carrying on and going through convulsions and then you just say well I'm glad you said it and I didn't yeah I can say it I can say that part Brittany well, yeah, it, it's well, the truth well you know I'm an Eagles fan so you know we always gonna have our, our little
1: thing to say about cowboys regardless but always no um, I think that was huge you know I I really think that Dan Quinn did a lot for that Cowboys defense, especially when it came to Michael Parsons, you know. And I think Michael Parsons is going to miss a Dan Quinn. I think he has a lot of respect for Dan Quinn. Um, Michael Parsons already said that Dan Quinn may take me with him. I know Michael Parsons, he jokes around a lot, but I do feel like in some things that he says, there's some sort of meaning behind it. I don't know if Michael Parsons wants to stay in Dallas. And I have – I don't know if it's because he doesn't like Dallas or maybe it's because he doesn't like certain things that's transpiring in Dallas. I'm not sure. I'm not going to put it out there. I can't speak for that young man. Um, But if I'm a Dallas fan, I would have some concern that when his contract is up, they may or may not say – he may or may not want to say, I want to get out of here. Um, It is going to be a little scary um, because Dan Quinn knows the Dallas Cowboys offense He understands, he knows the defense, um, because I believe Mike McCarthy is still the offensive coordinator. I don't think, did they hire one? I don't think you guys hired one, correct? You need it, you need it, you need it on
0: me. Brittany, I'm just talking, I'm just talking away. (laughs) I don't think they have hired an OC, and I don't think it matters if they do, because McCarthy's calling the plays, but I don't believe in that staff. And I don't really believe in ownership. So mm-hmm. me, uh, yes. sometimes I think I need to readjust myself yes. and who I'm cheering for. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm concerned, about, um, I'm concerned about how they are coaching and how they're managing that team. And I want to see what kind of impact they make um, in the draft uh, for yes. sure. I thought they should have moved up and gotten B. John Robinson last year and they didn't, and I think they suffered for it. Although, you know, Dak had a stellar year. Um, all that got us was uh, a bounce in the first round. So Right. Yeah,
1: it's going to be interesting. I'm excited, though. I'm excited to see, of course, you know, I'm always excited to see the Eagles versus the Cowboys. Um, we split almost every single year, usually back and forth. But I'm really excited mm-hmm. to see. I know Dan Quinn and the Commanders, they're going to have some time Going to have some time to really figure things out over there in Washington. Um, I do think they're headed in the right direction. They seem to care (laughs) about um, getting good, quality, talented players over there now with the new ownership. It is unfortunate that their ownership is the same as the Sixers ownership and Josh Harris, which which clearly means he's not a Philly guy because you would never do that. Um, But besides that and the anger I have there, um, I do think Josh Harris is going to do anything possible to ensure that Washington is going to eventually be able to compete for Super Bowls. He he's going to do all that he can. I will say that. He may get it wrong a lot and I think Dan Quinn is a start in the right direction for the defense as a head coach. They are going to have to hire some quality offensive minded guys. I don't think he's going to do well there. I still think that Dan Quinn's a better defensive coordinator than he will be as a head coach. But, again, I do think it's a good start. And for them to go back and forth with the Cowboys twice a year, oh, I'm going to watch Mm -hmm. those matchups. I don't know how I'm going to watch it because they may or may not stream it where I'm located. I'm sorry, air it on TV. But I'm going to find it somewhere because that's going to be interesting.
0: You know, Brittany, I do want to bring up this point, and that is that with the Washington Commanders, there were some coaches who interviewed with them. There, Dan Quinn wasn't their first choice, um, mm-hmm. and they had made that offer of head coach before. But there were some coaches who interviewed said that they didn't really like the ownership of the right. Commanders, that they sound more like basketball um, coaches and, um mm-hmm. you know, brass than they did than football brass. And they said they were – um, some were offended by that. I think the, the commanders, we thought they were going to come in here with this stellar um, performance because of Magic Johnson. And who doesn't like Magic Johnson, you know? So, right. But I think they got some growing pains over there. And, but I do feel they got it right with Dan Quinn, and he's going to be good. But I right. also think they got it wrong by parting ways with Eric the Enemy. I really I keep cheering for him. And... Eric said last night with, with Kevin um, on Sports Talk with K-Walk and E. Scott that, you know, as far as Eric the enemy, you know, at least he says where there's smoke, there's fire. And I mm-hmm. think there is something that keeps on um, pushing people away from giving the enemy more of an opportunity. And I, I, and I want to I wanna see him get it, but I don't understand why. But... Um, there is some scuttlebutt about the commanders and how they interview, and that they sound like basketball guys and not football guys.
1: You know what? Though I I, I did hear that, and I thought to myself, well, maybe we got a point there. But you know what? I realized Josh Harris is a businessman first, and he's going to do anything in his power to hire the the most qualified people, even if he does not have the football knowledge. He's going to hire those with the football knowledge to ensure the success the success of his football team. Now, it might be a dollar sign that he's mainly looking at, which is probably true, but he is a businessman mm-hmm. first. So he's going to hire guys like Dan Quinn. He's going to get the football-minded guys in that building to ensure the success of that team and to get the right players in there or to scout the proper players um, to ensure Washington, hopefully within the next so many years, is able to contend for a Super Bowl. I'm hoping, of course, it never happens. I'm an Eagle fan, but, I think those football coaches should have maybe rethought about that if you really look at it. Because Josh Harris is not really a basketball guy, neither, if you look at it. Mm -hmm. He owns the Sixers. And I can tell you right here, right now, he knows nothing about basketball. That's why he went (laughs) and hired a Daryl Morey. That's why he kept Elton Brand, because those are Mm basketball-minded guys. He also owns the New Jersey Devils in New Jersey, which is another rival of Philadelphia, the Flyers. You know, so yeah. he's a business guy first, and I think he'll get that team together a lot quicker than what most of us may really, uh, uh, uh may really think that he will. So I think we're all going to be surprised with the additions that he, he's he's going to make because he's going to put a lot of trust in the guys that he hired to do the drop to do the job. He's not going to come yeah. in, try to micromanage and tell you what to do like we see a Jerry Jones or even a Jeffrey Lurie do, does. Um, no, he's going to let his guys handle it. I hire you to do a job, go do it, but most importantly, make me money. And the only way you can make me money is if you win by putting people in the seat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, and I, I think the Dallas Cowboys has a lot to recover because Dan Quinn has taken um, one or two more assistants on that Dallas Cowboys staff. They are now in mm-hmm. Washington. So... Um, We'll see how they recover, but it's it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard overall because that coach went in the division and they're going to have to make some adjustments.
1: Right. Exactly. So,
0: but to my commanders, I hope you
1: still lose. I will never <laughs> hope for you to win. It just won't happen. And I'm assuming <laughs> I'm. I can't speak for you, princess. But as a Cowboys fan, I'm assuming you're in the same way.
0: <laughs> you hope this is to the players. Yeah. But you don't hope to you win. should know that the team wins. Yeah, you should right. know that. So. <laughs> I, I don't care if they win a game next year, Dan Quinn or not.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, Prentice, this wasn't in our in our topics list, but you did bring it up. Eric Biennium, Um He's gotten let go. You know, he, this year I'm I'm not even sure if he's gotten any, any head coaching um, uh, 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 interviews this year, but he has been assisting apparently, and I said this on Tuesday, that he could go back and assist the Kansas City Chiefs, and apparently he has been assisting the Kansas City Chiefs with their offense. He did it for the AFC Championship, and I'm assuming he's going to do it for the Super Bowl as well, which I think is important for that team. But what do you think Mm -hmm.
0: is about
1: Eric Viennemi? Like, I don't understand. He's a good, offensive-minded
0: coach. But what's going on? Um, I I, I think the players, as they complain, the commander's, on um, wide receivers and skill players during the off season before the season even started, so that he's mm-hmm. more military like and old school and demanding, and I think that hurts him. Um, hold on, Brittany, I need to get some water. Go ahead and talk.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I yeah, I can't understand what is going on with Eric Bann and Me, um, I love him as a coach. I think his adjustments are great. I think his offensive schemes is fantastic. He understands how to put the players in the best position to succeed. Um, he understands how to properly read a defense. I mean, what he did in the Super Bowl last year, to me, was amazing. I know a lot of people give any read credit, but that was Eric beginning and He's seen something, and he did it three times because he understood the Eagles' defense are not, is not going to make adjustments. We could attack them here, and we could do it multiple times, and that's exactly what he did. And I think that's what they were missing this year. Now they may have to have him back. But these younger players got to understand now. hard coaching is only to help to elevate them yeah. and just to make them more successful. Stop crying. There were people complaining about Vic Fangio, and Vic Fangio from a lot of former big-time players, they love Vic Fangio, you know. Um, and, they, and they came out and said the only reason why these young players are complaining is because they don't want – to put in the work that's necessary to succeed, and I think that's what's going on. You need that hard coaching,
0: Mm -hmm. in my opinion. I think it's a different league. I think that, of course, the generation has turned over. I think it's a different league, and they don't like that hard coaching. They don't like that Mm -hmm. in-your-face or whatever, that style. Um, And they didn't like him. And the skill players for the commander said that over there the summer and headed into the season. But it says something that commanders had let go of that staff of Ron Rivera, but they kept Eric the enemy as the OC until they got a new coach in there. Um, And then they let that new coach decide if they wanted to keep him as an OC. I think they gave him that much of respect because he was not fired. And Eric the Enemy met with, with Dan Quinn face-to-face, mm-hmm. and um, Dan Quinn took care of it. So, obviously, the commanders wanted to see and give him that, that, that lead way, but it didn't work out. And I would assume that he is back with the chief now and at least trying to be an advisor um, in, at some point and maybe at the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think – I'm going be honest with you because I think the Chiefs are going to be looking to potentially hire him back even for next year. So, um, But I wish him the best. I think he's a fantastic yeah. offensive-minded coach. I was actually hoping, hoping the Eagles would hire him because I think Jalen Hurts would have would have taken a liking to him because he likes to be coach hard. And that was one of the issues this year that Jalen Hurts felt like he was not coached hard enough. Um amongst a bunch of other things that went wrong. But um, I think he would have been great for but
0: Well, you know what? I was going to say, Brittany, is that um, what the NFL is telling us is that Cliff Kingsbury, who has not won at the college level or and, to me, didn't win at the NFL level, mm-hmm. he's better than Eric oh, the Enemy, who has a couple of Super Bowl championships up under his belt, um, and he's better than Byron Lethwich, who has a, a Super Bowl championship under his belt. So, But mm-hmm. the, the NFL is telling us that Cliff King Cleansbury deserves the OC position more than these two, and that's amazing to me that that's where we are. But that's exactly what the NFL is saying, um, and that the brass is saying, or that the different staffs are saying, the GMs or the ownership. Um, they didn't want either one of those. They wanted to get Cliff Cleansbury. Now, I know that he is there, though. And I'm talking about with the Washington Commanders because they're trying to lure Caleb Williams, but Caleb Williams yeah. um, has to get through the fact that the Chicago Bears has the first pick, and I don't know how he could he's going to maneuver himself out out of that like a Eli Manning did. Yeah, that
1: that's going to be oh my goodness, that's a whole other topic. Um, yeah, it I'm is. Not, I don't think, I don't think he's going to. I don't. I really don't think he's going to be able to do that. I think. If the Chicago Bears are ready to move on from Justin Fields, then that means um, he's going to be a, a Chicago Bear, and he's going to have to understand that and get used to it. He has done nothing to prove himself in this league. What um, Eli Manning did—that was a rare situation, a yeah. very rare situation. You know, between you demanding you you don't want to play for a particular team, and then you also demanding that you want to stake in the team. I got to give the young man credit. Business-wise, is smart. you are setting yourself up for a long time. But let's first get you into the NFL, because now you're turning off GMs. You're you're turning off owners, owners, mm-hmm. um, and they're going to look at you, and your career could be short or not even be started. So he has to be very careful um, in what he does. Now, if he gets in there and he plays his tail off, now you can demand whatever you want to demand. But until then, just just say, I want to get drafted so I can play <laughs> and make millions of dollars. Don't mess up the bag before you even get to the bag. So,
0: yeah, I think right now that Caleb Williams needs to be working out, um, preparing for the combine. And if he's not going to um, participate in the passing drills at the combine, that he's preparing for his pro day and keep his mouth closed. Let his agent talk for him and get ready for the draft. But the more he talks, and I think that that's avant-garde, you know, to say, okay, I want to be drafted by a team, but whoever drafts me, I want to own part of the, the – the, want to be part of the ownership. Um, from my standpoint, okay, really, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's bold, but your potential is on the field. How dare you, if I was the owner of any team, think that you're going to demand this, go sit down. You know what, we can go ahead and just trade you for a dollar and move on to someone else, Um, I think that's how bold and silly that sounds in a way for him to demand that when he really hasn't been drafted that. And I don't want to assume, I think Dan O'Larski said it, um, I hope I got his name right, Um, said it earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday, is that I don't know if we should have, it's a foregone conclusion that Kayla Williams is the automatic number one pick in the draft. I think there's some other quarterbacks that may have, some um, um, something to say about
1: that. So so let's see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and that's why NFL mm-hmm. all season for me is the best all season out of all the sports. The Way best all season fun. in all
0: the sports. You and
1: know, so two, much going two or three on.
0: weeks after the Super Bowl, it's the Combine. Then after the Combine, April is 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 or March is Pro Day, and then after Pro mm-hmm. Day is April, and it's time for the draft. Um, the best brand. I think, in professional sports is the NFL, and they keep it interesting the entire off season. Absolutely. And free agency. I know a lot of us
1: are looking oh, at Oh, yeah. You know, we we exactly. can't wait for the Super Bowl whose teams are not in it. <laughs> you know, me and your team, not in it. Mm-hmm. We wish mm-hmm. the, the best of luck to those teams that are in it. But we can't wait for free agency to come, come in because we are just anticipating who our team is going to go out there and get. Maybe trades will start. So it's definitely an exciting off season. Um, And then all of a sudden, after all of this occurs around, you know, May, around camps, we cannot wait for the season to start. So, yes, they absolutely keep it interesting um, Mm -hmm. and keep the drama going. Um, I want to talk about, you put it in our Facebook thread earlier. um, And (laughs) there you saw it from Stephen May's Twitter. I had to put it on our topic list because I was cracking up the whole time. (laughs) So I just want to talk about, I guess. I'll pose the question that you posed to us, and then you tell us what you picked. Um, I'll say what I picked and then why we did it, of course. So the question that was posed, that that Princess posed to us from, I think you said Stephen A.'s Twitter, it says that you're in an an arena with 50 hawks, 10 crocodiles, three brown bears, 15 wolves, one hunter with a rifle, seven cape buffalo. 10,000 rats, five gorillas, four lions. You pick two to defend you while the others attack you. Goal is to survive one
0: hour. Princess, what did you choose and why? Well, the first one was the 10,000 rats. Can you imagine 10,000 rats? 10,000 rats, I would be overwhelmed by one, but okay, I got some issues right there. But a thousand <laughs> would make me crazy. But now we're seeing mm-hmm. 10,000 rats. I think that runs away a whole lot of folks, um, or a whole whole lot of these animals. Um, I, I think it would be overwhelming. Um, and then I, I picked the the lions, because I'm a Leo, and I think lion is king, for sure. So um, those are my two, and i but I picked them mainly because of the ten thousand rats, and as someone said to me today that called me that played for West Virginia, you know rats are not like mice, oh. <laughs> rats um are the size of cats, especially mm-hmm. in West Virginia <laughs> um yes. and he went on to say, of course, that they were taking some cereals um but <laughs> that that's a whole other show. But my reasoning was because of that, I'm picking the lions because I think he can defend. I don't know how tenacious the alligators or crocodiles are out of water, you know. So those are my two, lions and and the 10,000 rats, because I'm overwhelmed by one.
1: Yeah, mine was the 10,000 rats and the five gorillas. The five gorillas for me are the strongest, some of the strongest Mm -hmm. land animals and yeah. um, they're extremely strong. And even against, you know, like a lion, they they will outstrength a lion, surprisingly. Um, but them 10,000 rats, Princess, I would rather, <laughs> I said this earlier, I'd rather them be on my team than against. I'm with you. Yeah. I can't go with one rat. I don't want to see it. I don't want to be near it. I <laughs> want nothing to yeah. do with it. I've seen rats in New York City. I've seen rats in Philly bigger than my cat and that's frightening to me. They jump, they bite, <laughs> they scratch, spread diseases and they're a lot faster than what people think. So uh-uh, I don't want any and for 10,000 that is
0: overwhelming, that's
1: intense and for them to swarm up on you, no, no, I can't do it. And let's it, so. just say
0: that, that 250 or 500 rats take on each animal. I think they overwhelm most of them. You know, exactly. eventually somebody's running, running away. Um, I think Kevin picked the hawks and the gorillas. And I kind of thought about that. The hawks will swoop down <clears throat> and and take some rats away. But they're not taking a 1,000 of them away. And if they no. do, there's still 9,000 left. And I think they will run some of those animals right on out of there uh, for sure. I want them defending me. Um, but I, I, I love that I posed the question. Um, the threat took a turn. Um, quickly once <laughs> Duck got on there. But um, I think it was a great question for sure.
1: Exactly. And I did the same thing with you, Princess. I thought about the hawks. I was really, but then I said, yeah. okay, the hawks have two claws for the most part. They only did to grab, maybe two rats, depending mm-hmm. on the size of these rats. But as soon as they mm-hmm. come down to grab a rat, there are other rats that are going to jump on these hawks. So, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> the rats will always be on my side.
0: Um, um, Kevin then, said the, the um, gorillas may stomp some of the rats. That may be true. Um, they ain't gonna get ten thousand of them. Right, and once five hundred rats get on the back of a gorilla, he can't. He can't get them all. That eventually, uh, you know. Um, and and it's, it's just a powerful question, though, when you think about it. Um, right. I wish there was some type of formula out there that says something about your personality based off the ones you picked. But it was just a good question that was posed to Stephen A. on his radio show. He reshared it, um, him and his answers. I think he picked the rats and I can't remember. I can't remember what Stephen A. Smith picked, and I don't have to be like him anyway. I think he's kind of different <laughs> anyway. So, but great question.
1: Absolutely. That was definitely a phone But, Princess, we got it coming towards the end of the show. And we have to talk about it, like I said earlier in the (laughs) show. It is Super Bowl weekend, one of the most successful weekends. um, Prior to all of sports, everybody almost across the world sits down on Sunday, orders pizza, wings, makes dinner, have parties, whatever, just to watch two games, two players, two teams, play in one game, and then they, of course, enjoy the halftime show, which is my guy, Usher. Anybody knows me? I told my husband <laughs> I was like kidding hey, if he was even around then. Um, <laughs> um But I need to know what are your thoughts on this Super Bowl game and who you think is going to take the Lambert Lam- the Trophy? Am I saying that wrong? I'm definitely Lombardi. 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 That's goodness. okay.
0: It's not, it's not flowing today. <laughs> it's okay. You know, now that we're at this point. Um, it's, it's good for me not to have a dog in the fight because I would be nervous and all of that. Um, and we are planning, you know, to, to cook and, and to grill and get ready for, for Sunday night. Um, but down to the game is the Chiefs and the 49ers. Um, I've been a closet Chiefs, I mean, 49ers fan for quite some time. Once they hired John Lynch, I've seen the transformation that this team has made. Um, I am still – going to pick Patrick Mahomes I'm not going to pick against him Um, um, I did not pick against him when he was up against the Ravens and Lamar Demetrius Jackson got that from Kevin Walker too Um, so and I'm not going to pick against him in this game here's what I think are the keys though and I think the key is, is that I want to see Brock Purdy start fast and I think Debo and Christian McCaffrey are his friends along with Kittle and I think that the 49ers have a defense. It would not surprise me if they win. As a matter of fact, I think they're one, two, or three-point favorite. It's been going up and down with that, Um, and rightly so. I think maybe they should be. But um, I think Patrick Mahomes has a formula, and I feel that um, Andy Reid has that formula, and they know what they're doing. So, it's going to come down to the wire. I don't think this is a high-scoring game. And when I say that, I don't think it's 30 to, to 28 or anything like that. I think it stays 21-17, 24-21. Um, but I'm going to go with, uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, but it would not surprise me if the 49ers, who I think, came into the season with this, goal, this end goal in mind, and they've gotten there, can they close the door? Um, so we'll see. But I'm picking the
1: Chiefs. Yeah. Um, I know on Tuesday I picked the 49ers. I'm being honest with you guys. I don't know. <laughs>
0: it kind of feels like. Exactly. I don't know either. Last
1: year, I picked my team last year, and I felt crazy, although I'm always going to pick my team, but you still feel crazy going against uh, Patrick Mahomes, even this year throughout the playoffs. I'm like, Patrick Mahomes is on the roll. Patrick Mahomes is going against some incredible defenses. Patrick Mahomes is going against this, that and he always comes out on the winning side. Um, I think the 49ers is a more talented team, but there's something about Andy Reid and Pax Mahomes that they understand each other, they know how to win, um, Mm -hmm. and it's just like, how can you go against that? Travis Kelsey has come come along uh, towards the end of the season pretty well. And they got Taylor Swift as well. And ever since they got Taylor Swift, they've been winning like crazy. (laughs) Um, But it's like, I don't know which way to go. I do think, and I agree with you, Princess, the 49ers can't start off slow. Like, they've been doing the last couple games. They cannot go down 20-something points to, you know, nine or whatever that score was against the Detroit Lions. They really can't. If you do that against Patrick Mahomes, there's no way you're coming back, especially against that defense. The team yeah. defense—they may not have talented names or well-known names, I should say, well-known names—but they play very well together. Them young guys playing hard, and they are a much better defense than I thought they would be. Um, so, I think if Brock Purdy and the Forty ers they get off to a quick start, I think they can win this game as well. I, I really do. Yeah, They're exactly. It's match matchup, but I might have to change my answer. I'm so bad. I've been back and forth ever since Tuesday. I really have. The next day I'm with Chiefs, the next day I'm going 49ers. You know what? I'm going to give them both love. So I guess I'm going to go Chiefs, <laughs> and I'm going to say the same score. I'm going to say 24-21. I know they shouldn't do that. As an analyst, mm-hmm. it is what it is. I'm going to make my own rules in this situation because <laughs> I can't really pick either team. I, I really don't know which way to go on this one. So I'm going to pick Chiefs, and then I guarantee you the day of the Super Bowl, I'm going to say, you
0: know what, the 49ers are going to take it. So exactly. I, think, I don't tonight. think that is. Yeah, I don't think that there's any notable injuries. I think the Chiefs lost someone on their offensive line um, mm-hmm. with the ACL injury in the defensive championship line. game. Defensive. Yeah. Okay. Defensive line. And I know one of their offensive players lost their mom here two days ago from the Chiefs. Yeah, um, so, and I, so I know that's going to be heavy. But he says he's going to play and, and dedicate the game to his mom. So, but I think everybody's healthy on the 49 ers side. And when I say that, I'm really talking about Debo Samuel. And I think he's the X factor. Um, and both of these teams are pretty evenly matched and can win this game. I'm just not going to go against Patrick Mahomes. But if Brock Purdy shows up fast in the first half and plays well. And the second half, I'm happy for him because I'm really kind of tired of this whole Cam Newton stuff and he's a game manager, Mm -hmm. da-da-da-da-da-da. I'm really kind of over that conversation. So um, if he wins, then maybe that will put some of that to bed. I'm just not going to pick against Patrick Mahomes. He's shown me enough. Um, The past six years he's been in the AFC Championship game, and they've won two Super Bowls already. not picking against him.
1: I'll say this before we head out. I don't know, and I like Brock Purdy. I don't know if it's ever going to put that to bed until Brock Purdy wins multiple Super Bowls, unfortunately.
0: yeah.
1: Um, Jalen Hurts is called a game manager, and he played fantastic last year. So I think it is something that all 49ers fans are just going to have to get used to. If you don't hear Mm -hmm. all the criticism Mm -hmm. that Jalen Hurts got after this year, after what he did last year, and to me he was the best player in the Super Bowl last year. They lost. But he was by far the best player. Um, so they're going to have to get used to all the criticism and people not necessarily rooting for Brock Purdy Brock unless he wins, I would say, at least two. Because even if Jalen Hurts won last year, I still think he would have got so much criticism um, mm-hmm. getting just one Super Bowl. But I'm just wishing the best for both teams and that they do well, they play their best. I don't know, Princess. I might be with you. It's still hard going against Patrick Mahomes. He made (laughs) incredible things happen with nobody.
0: I can also say this, is that um, when I'm watching the Super Bowl, and I I don't really like to watch it with a whole group of people, especially um, people who don't really care about the sport and who are um, just around to drink and eat, I really, really want to watch the game. Um, I'll be thinking about Kevin, because this is his team, and I'll be thinking about if he's pacing back and forth and what he's doing. Um, and, and secretly probably rooting for the 49ers just for him, you know. But, uh, again, I'm just not going against Patrick Mahomes, and it would not surprise me if the Swifties come out on top. And Taylor Swift is in Japan for a concert. And she will get back sometime Sunday morning. So the NFL is concerned; they want to make sure she's there Sunday night. Go Taylor Swift. Yeah, I can't say go Taylor Swift. But
1: <laughs> right. uh, I'm gonna say go Usher.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm gonna say I'm saying go Usher. How about that? Uh, all right,
0: please. that is it for us. <laughs> that is it for us. I think that we have talked this all out. Um, we have our picks in. We may change them on Sunday morning, um, but it's Super Bowl time, and I'm excited about it. It is a national treasure, and and that does my heart good. So we'll see you next Thursday to talk about more. Brittany, have a great weekend. Thank you, Kevin, for always being a supporter. We appreciate that. A shout-out to Thomas Epps, who starts his show soon, um, The Crossroads, Where Life and Sports Intersect. He'll do that, the latter part, in a hear in about two or three weeks on Friday at 6 p.m. Brittany, we'll see you later. Absolutely. Have a good weekend. Go 49ers and Chiefs. How about that? Sorry, Kay, well, yeah. I don't know what to do. about that? Go 49ers and <laughs> Chiefs. Never had it so good. We'll see you next time.